Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Number 877 Mr. Producer reminds me, well, I'll be off tomorrow, but of course, July 4th is Saturday. Independence Day, where white supremacists and systemically racist individuals and institutions in our country celebrate the founding of America. Fascinating, isn't it? How much changed in just a month? Incredible. So, if you see somebody actually celebrating July 4th, having a cookout, having a party, watching fireworks to the extent they can these days, taking a short vacation, then you know that they are among the systemically racist. And if they're people of color, a.k.a. minorities, then you know they are sellouts. Uncle Tom's and all the rest of it. Because that's the new narrative. I keep watching these programs. 50,000 new coronavirus cases today, ladies and gentlemen. And the media just cannot stop. It cannot stop. It doesn't provide you with the context at all. What is the number of deaths today from the coronavirus. Do you know, Mr. Producer? They don't report it. They're not reporting it. Why is that? How many people are being tested with the brand new fast testing systems that are now in place all over the country that make the tests available and therefore the identity of people with the coronavirus known? Which wasn't the case during the Obama-Biden period, of course. Millions of tests. 
So you're going to have 50,000 new coronavirus tests, uh, excuse me, uh, coronavirus uh, cases, 100,000. These are cases that would otherwise have been missed. So the issue is not how many cases of the new coronavirus do we have. The issue is who's getting it, how many are in the hospital, how many are in ICUs, how many are on ventilators, and how many have died. You don't get that information, and you're never going to. You're never going to. Because the goal here is to defeat Trump and to play in the Joe Biden narrative, which I'll get to in a moment. We have tremendous news today. Tremendous news. CNBC non-farm payroll soared by 4.8 million in June, and the unemployment rate fell to 11% as the U.S. continued its reopening from the coronavirus pandemic, the Labor Department said Thursday. Now, the news I listened to said it's 11.1%, one of the worst levels of unemployment in modern history. That's how they reported it. Economists surveyed by Dow Jones have been expecting a 2.9 million increase and a jobless rate of 12.4%. The report was released a day earlier than usual due to the 4th of July systemically racist white supremacist holiday. The jobs growth marked a big leap from the 2.7 million in May, which was revised up by 190,000. The June total is easily the largest single month gain in American history. The numbers capture the move by all 50 states to get actively moving again after the virus seized up much of the U.S., particularly service-related industries. There you go. And they're not celebrating at CNN. They're not celebrating at MSNBC. Joe Biden is dour. He thinks this is terrible. The DNC is all over this. This is a terrible, terrible thing. Now, why is it a terrible, terrible thing? I'm just going to be honest, because the more people who are employed, earning a living, feeding themselves and feeding their families, the more people who are back to work, the worse it is for the Democrats and Joe Biden, because their narrative is the opposite. It's that simple. Then there's another piece of great news. AOL.com, which is a lousy news service, but here it is. The first of four experimental COVID-19 vaccines being tested by Pfizer and its German partner, BioNTech, showed encouraging results in very early testing of 45 people, the company said. Now, I want to remind you, this is Pfizer and a German company. It's not the government. It's Big Pharma. Ooh, Big Pharma? Study volunteers giving either a low or medium dose and two shots about a month apart had immune responses in the range expected to be protective when compared to some COVID-19 survivors according to the preliminary results. Side effects were typical for vaccines, mostly pain at the injection site and fever. The report has been submitted for publication in a scientific journal but not yet reviewed. With its other potential candidates still in the earliest stage of testing, Pfizer aims to open a large-scale study this summer, but can't yet say which shot is best to include. Now, this is great news. Great news. They're not there yet, but they're all over it. And the Democrats are very, very worried and upset. Why? 
Well, they want a vaccine, but after the election, not before. They don't want the economy picking up. They don't want a vaccine before the election. They want misery. They want destitution. They want talking points because power is more important to them than the country. That's the truth. Power is more important to them than the country. My friend Mike Lee, the senior senator from Utah, was on the floor of the United States Senate today, and he had a resolution. Didn't think it was terribly controversial. Bottom line is, let the Senate condemn these violent mobs and rioters. And the Democrats wouldn't agree. Why? Because these people are the Democrat base. They're Bernie Sanders people who are now Bolsheviks for Biden. They're part of their core. They're the AOC and the rest of the clowns. This is who they are. Violence is okay. It's okay. But if a Tea Party protester had dropped a sandwich wrapper, they should be thrown in Rikers for the rest of their lives. So let's take a look at something here. I posted two two comments today on Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter. Where else did I post it? Parlor, Mr. Producer? What's our handle there? At Mark Levin Show at Parlor. And I want you to use that too. I haven't even been mentioning it. We're like the third or fourth biggest uh, followed there as far as, I don't know the lingo, but you get the drift. And so Joe Biden is out there today, and he's very, very upset about what's going on. Here's his problem. On the one hand, he and Fauci and the other Democrats want the economy shut down for good. Because let's be honest, the productive sector in this country are not Democrats. Most are Republicans. Most law enforcement now Republicans. So we have a lot of Democrats who are on the dole. A lot of them are college students. A lot of them are tenure professors, members of the NEA, bureaucrats, and so that's their, that's their base. So Joe Biden today, he's very, he's very upset by what's going on. Cut to, Mr. Producer, go. There's no victory to be celebrated. We should hope, but there's no victory to be celebrated. We're still down nearly 15 million jobs, and the pandemic is getting worse, not better. Okay, stop. Pandemic is not getting worse. The death rate is going down. The pandemic is doing what a virus does. And by the way, I blame in part Fauci. Fauci's running around and saying only 50% of the country, you know, hunkered down. He has no idea. He just throws these, he pulls them out of his ear. He's been all over the map, this Fauci. I have no respect for him anymore whatsoever. Whatsoever. The only reason we have masks in this family is because when he said don't get masks, I got a bunch of masks. Only now can they say, Biden and Pelosi, everybody needs to wear a mask all the time, right? Well, they couldn't say that three months ago because it's thanks to Trump and his administration and the vice president of the United States that now we have enough masks that everybody can wear every day. They couldn't say that three or four months ago because Biden, after eight years, and Fauci, after half a century, they didn't have enough masks. But in Fauci's mind, it wasn't his strategy that has caused this. No, no, no. It's you, the people. 50% of you weren't hunkering down. 98% of us were hunkering down. The schools were closed. The businesses were closed. Restaurants were closed. Hotels were closed. Churches were closed. Wasn't enough for Fauci. For Comrade Fauci. That's right. 
One of the reasons you see more cases is, number one, testing. There were no competent tests when this president came into office. Now there are, thanks to what he and his administration have done with the private sector. Number two, it was the Fauci model who said, hunker down, hunker down, hunker down. And it was Levin with the expertise of scientists from Stanford, from Oxford, from Rockefeller College, from Yale, who said, you hunkered down, we're going to get hit again, because this stuff has to make its way through the human system, through, through the population. And that's exactly what's happening. But the media keep reporting, my God, we have 50,000 cases. 50,000. What's the death rate? I don't know. I don't want to know. Well, who's getting them? People over 50? Under? I'm not looking. I don't want to know. I'm not looking. Doesn't help the narrative. Go ahead, Mr. Producer. Millions of Americans are still out of work wondering when or if their job will come back or worried about how... We, we, we know this, buffoon. And your party wants even more out of work, buffoon. And ladies and gentlemen, who is it that's shutting down these economies that caused this? Mostly Democrat governors. Cuomo, Newsom, Murphy, Pritzker, Rudolph. Go ahead. In the meantime, Trump wants to declare his health crisis over and unemployment solved. Trump didn't declare the health crisis over and unemployment solved. And by the way, what's with the talk like this? You sound like you work for one of these 1-800 numbers. Come on, Joe. Go ahead. Unfortunately, he's deadly wrong on both fronts. We've already had more than 128,000 dead. And the number keeps climbing. That's a direct consequence of Donald Trump's bungle leadership. Of the that Trump is so outrageous. This guy's such an S-head. Such a nasty, stupid, vile human being. This is exactly what he pulled on Bob Bork. This is exactly what he pulled on Clarence Thomas. He is a racist in his heart and his soul. He has said racist things throughout his career. But he's so power-hungry. So most of the deaths due to this virus is due to Trump. He never mentions the, the genocidal maniac who runs China, does he? But he still loves Val- Fauci, doesn't he? And Trump was following Fauci's advice. But look how disgusting this is. More than 128,000 dead, a direct consequence of Trump's bungled leadership? There hasn't been bungled leadership. Unless you look at Cuomo... And Murphy and Newsom and Pritzker and the rest of the reindeer. But he's got it figured out. He and his staffers, as they gather in the basement, in the padded basement. Cut three, Mr. Producer, go. You know, a million more Americans would, uh, millions of them would still have their job if Donald Trump had done his job. What does that mean? If Donald Trump had done his job, in other words, if he hadn't bungled this, millions of more people would be working and the virus would have been conquered. Nobody believes that. Nobody. So this is a propaganda effort. It's like Bill Clinton running against Bush 41, where he kept telling everybody we're in the recession, the worst economy in modern times. And we weren't. But it didn't matter. He kept saying it. They paid for ads that said it. The free media, a.k.a., The Democrat Party press kept regurgitating it, and so they want to create the image, the myth, the belief 
that Donald Trump screwed up as president of the United States and the management of this virus, which is a complete lie. And this is why they keep 50,000 new cases of the virus. How do we know they're new cases? There have been tests. Maybe they're old cases for all we know. All I know is this. When Biden was vice president, we didn't have a testing system. We didn't have the ventilators. We didn't have the respirators. We didn't have the PPEs. We didn't have a damn thing. More when I return. I'll be right back. Lovin. At Hillsdale College, faith and learning are integrated in pursuit of a common end. And I've been talking a lot about four pillars of the Hillsdale College mission. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Today, I'd like to focus on faith. As the founders of our nation knew, God is indeed the first authority and the motive toward which all learning moves. Hillsdale understands that we come to really know things through reason and faith. And their students are taught to pursue truth through both. Founded in 1844 by Christians, students of all faiths are welcome at Hillsdale College and always have been. How does the college teach the essentials of the Christian faith and religion, all students must take a course, the Western theological tradition, as part of Hillsdale's rigorous core curriculum. The college also offers majors in religion, philosophy and religion, and Christian studies. Hillsdale's campus is a welcoming place in which to discuss and practice faith. Respectful dialogue among Christians of different denominations and with students of non-Christian faiths is just one hallmark of this stellar college. Now to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Levinforhillsdale.com. You know, it's amazing listening to this idiot Biden. Biden and Obama couldn't create jobs when there wasn't a pandemic. They couldn't create jobs when there wasn't a virus, could they, Mr. Producer? They couldn't create jobs when restaurants and hotels and malls and stores of all kinds we're, wide, we're open. They couldn't create jobs. But don't worry, Biden. Biden could create jobs. If you just imagine, you see. If you just embrace his, his propaganda. Biden would never have let any of this happen. No. Even though he's weak with the communist genocidal regime in China. He would have put the brakes on the Chinese uh, uh, people coming into this country from that nation. Of course, he opposed it. Oh, yes, yes, yes. The same Joe Biden who did nothing, nothing to create any kind of planning or resources or budget for a possible pandemic. He would have been Joey on the spot. And the same Joe Biden and Obama, they didn't create jobs, killed jobs for much of their eight years. Hell yeah, he would have created millions and millions of jobs. He would have been Joey on the spot. We promise. What a jackass. I'll be right back. At Hillsdale College, faith and learning are integrated in pursuit of a common end. And I've been talking a lot about four pillars of the Hillsdale College mission. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Today, I'd like to focus on faith. As the founders of our nation knew, God is indeed the first authority and the motive toward which all learning moves. Hillsdale understands that we come to really know things through reason and faith. And their students are taught to pursue truth through both. Founded in 1844 by Christians, students of all faiths are welcome at Hillsdale College and always have been. How does the college teach the 
essentials of the Christian faith and religion, all students must take a course, the Western Theological Tradition, as part of Hillsdale's rigorous core curriculum. The college also offers majors in religion, philosophy and religion, and Christian studies. Hillsdale's campus is a welcoming place in which to discuss and practice faith. Respectful dialogue among Christians of different denominations and with students of non-Christian faiths is just one hallmark of this stellar college. Now, to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Mark Levin Show, the pool feed for the conservative media. Dive in now, 877-381-3811. So Joe Biden would have created millions of jobs, ladies and gentlemen, despite the virus. And of course, Joe Biden and Obama didn't create jobs without a virus. He's a moron. I have a question. I have a question for the media out there. I have a question for the left, how many lives today did the police save? How many lives today did the police protect? Black lives, white lives, Asian lives, Hispanic lives, how many? Do we have that figure, Mr. Producer? It's nowhere. And can you imagine, ladies and gentlemen, if the full picture of a policeman's life, or in the aggregate, police forces all over the country were provided to the American people, so many people would have a completely different view of things. All we get are these one-off iPhone videos. And then we get exploitation. But how many lives did the police all over this country today save? How many lives did they protect? How many women did they protect from abuse? How many men did they protect from other men? The Republican proposal in the Senate doesn't even propose keeping that data. Certainly the Democrats don't want that data. That data is not kept anywhere. Not even by the Washington Post database, which we all swear by. No. And so you'd never get an honest portrayal of what our police do each and every day from one end of this country to the other. Never. It's like this coronavirus now. My God, 50,000 new cases. First of all, we don't know if they're new, but we know they've been tested. And secondly, okay, what's the death rate? It's much, much lower. But they won't say that. Our media are hideous. They're poisonous. It's worse than getting no news. You're getting lies and spin and propaganda. Here's what I posted today. I was in a mood to write, so I did. Here's what I posted on Facebook and Twitter. Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter. And Parler. What is that handle again, please? At Mark Levin Show Parlor. At Mark Levin Show Parlor. Parlor. P A R L E R. I knew it. Unfortunately, even at a time like this, when the American people are dealing with a pandemic the likes of which we've never seen, Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, and Chuck Schumer 
are constantly trying to divide the nation and mislead the public with outrageous and absurd statements. So I must briefly respond. The president has led a national effort involving public and private sector experts, scientists, medical professionals, pharmaceutical companies, labs, other private corporations, and public health institutions. That is, the best and the brightest throughout the country from all areas of our society in a massive coordinated response to what is a once-in-a-century pandemic. Without going through every step, he immediately stopped travel from the source of the virus, China, to reduce the spread of the virus in our country. Soon thereafter, he followed up with travel limits from the European Union countries as well, since the virus was spreading quickly there. He impaddled a top-level Blue Ribbon Task Force led by the Vice President to get as much information as possible and provide as much information as possible to every level and part of the private sector and governmental entities and the public. As soon as they had good information and solid advice to give the public, they did. The president held scores of meetings with private sector and government experts, with governors and mayors and many others, to determine what was needed, how to help fill gaps in care, increase resources, increase the provision of medical equipment, such as ventilators, respirators, masks, and other PPEs, hospital beds, etc., to assist governors who were unprepared for the pandemic. He ordered the reallocation of military assets, so temporary medical facilities and thousands of beds serviced by thousands of military personnel will be available to assist throughout the country. And as you know, he even moved our two medical Navy ships, one to New York and one to L.A. In addition, President Trump met with top experts in and out of government, as well as technology, pharmaceutical and laboratory executives, to come up with new, fast and accurate tests to determine who had the virus and how best to treat them. Now we're testing millions and millions of people, where before we had no useful tests. The president pressed for for expedited research and production of therapies and vaccines, a process that usually takes a very long time, but will now be truncated in dealing with this virus. He cut red tape and regulations to expedite the entire process and increase efficiencies. And when necessary, he triggered the Defense Production Act to quickly turn around assembly lines that were either idle or producing other goods to help address shortages of medical supplies. Now, this is obviously a short explanation, but it's necessary given the dishonest rhetoric of the Democrats who are exploiting this pandemic for political gain. As a matter of fact, there's a piece in Politico now that says this is the strategy. They feel they've hit their their hotspot. What have the Democrats done under the leadership of Biden, Pelosi, and Schumer? They've done nothing. In fact, the House Democrats went home. Biden hid in his basement from where he issues press releases drafted by his staff. Biden has said he he would nationalize private industries. Which industries would he nationalize? Which federal bureaucracy would run these industries? Who are the bureaucrats who'd be in charge? And to what end? The federal bureaucracy has no expertise undertaking production and running assembly lines. This is the problem. When, as with Biden, you have absolutely no real-world experience and have spent 44 and a half years as a Washington insider and politician. Biden says the federal government should mandate that every person wear a mask. He mimics what Pelosi said. Of course, Biden doesn't mention how he intends to circumvent the Constitution to enforce this dictate. And will he arrest people and send them to prison if they don't comply or just fine them? Since his party seeks to defund police departments throughout the country, you have to wonder how Biden intends to accomplish his unconstitutional edict 
And what will Biden do if they resist? Of course, the president has been encouraging people to wear masks, as has everyone in his administration, for months. So too have governors and mayors and health experts. And now we actually have enough masks for everyone to wear. Biden was vice president for eight years. And he left the feds with virtually no masks for general public use. As best I can tell, this is Biden's prescription for defeating the virus. The truth is, despite decades in Washington, Biden, Pelosi, and Schumer did absolutely nothing to prepare our country for a pandemic like this. There was no effective planning, no effective oversight, no effective legislation, no effective budgeting, and no effective educating of the public. President Trump arrived in Washington a few short years ago, and since the outbreak of the pandemic, his administration had to build the entire response from the bottom up without any help from Biden, Pelosi, or Schumer. In fact, all they did and still do is attack and attack and attack. Even now, they cannot and will not unite against this plague. Meanwhile, as governors decide to open their economies, with some opening them at a different speed than others, and with President Trump's strong encouragement and even pressure, the economy is clearly rebounding. Today's jobs report is extremely strong. Nearly 5 million jobs created, a historic record. But Biden cannot decide what he believes. He runs campaign ads saying out of one side of his mouth that the economy is opening too quickly and out of the other side of his mouth that the Trump administration is responsible for the increased unemployment due to the economy opening slowly. Clearly, if Biden had his way, the economy would be closed, would be tens of millions more unemployed, tens of thousands more businesses shuttered, and tens of millions more Americans unemployed. At the same time, Biden would be making little or no progress in fighting the virus because of the mind-boggling dislocations and inefficiencies he would have created from nationalizing private industries neither he, his staff, nor bureaucrats can run, and his early opposition to stopping travel from China would have caused the virus to spread in our country even faster and more broadly. Thus, we'd have the worst of all worlds, a dead economy and more dead fellow citizens if Biden had been president. Even on those rare occasions when Biden can speak in complete sentences, he reveals himself as a complete disaster, par for his nearly half-century career as a Washington, D.C. insider. By the way, as I read that, Mr. Producer, I see little typos and things. You know, when I write these things, I just send them off to be posted. Just the way it is. Don't hold it against me. But this is, I think, even the more important piece that I posted today on Facebook and Twitter and Parler. The Democrat Party press and the Democrat Party, as well as Washington, New York-based GOP insiders, have spent the last four years demonizing Donald Trump. It's been an unprecedented campaign of character assassination, the likes of which no living American has ever seen against a sitting president. They've concocted scandals and narratives involving the Russians, Ukrainians, his businesses and finances, the coronavirus, race, and the rest. They launched a Soviet-style criminal investigation without a lawful predicate, which came up empty. They unconstitutionally impeached him with no hope of removing him from office. The goal has been to ruin his reputation, turn him into, a, into political kryptonite, and either force him from office or defeat his re-election effort. Every conceivable issue is exploited for the purpose of demonizing the president. Donald Trump's tweets are carefully scrutinized to use against him in any way possible. 
while Joe Biden's endless appalling statements are dismissed as innocent gaffes. Allegations of past personal indiscretions are used as cudgels against the president. But Tara Reid's allegation of sexual assault against Biden is dismissed and now long forgotten. Not to mention all the other women accusing Biden of unwanted touching, a firing offense, and any other job. Trump's numerous policies and outreach to minority communities are ignored, despite the fact they've resulted in actual benefits to untold numbers of minority citizens. While Biden's long history of supporting racist policies and making racist comments, all on the public record, are buried. Trump has been accused of being a dictator, Hitler and Stalin, in an unhinged and vicious attack on his character, by both in the media and by Democrats. Yet he's been restrained and prudential in his use of power, both here and abroad, mindful of the Constitution's limits and the costs of war. Indeed, his political enemies have shown no such restraint. Pelosi, not a particularly intelligent individual, has managed to scheme her way to the top and runs the House as if she's Eva Perone, destroying one House rule after another, writing legislation in her office, and using the votes of a few dozen of her closest sycophants to pass bills, eviscerating representative government itself. For this, she's celebrated as a strong leader. Chuck Schumer, a particularly vile demagogue, is endlessly plotting on how to use the Senate rules to obstruct any and all legislation supported by the president, as power has always been Schumer's driving motivation, not the best interests of our country. And it's Pelosi and Schumer who've demanded the nationalization of private industries, the appointment of a czar, and all the usual knee-jerk outbursts by the so-called leaders of the left. Who's the dictators? And it is they who cheered as more was learned of the lawless Obama presidency's use of the FBI, intel agencies, and the FISA court to destroy the Trump candidacy and presidency. Of course, the president is not perfect, like most other human beings, but he is more perfect than many of his modern predecessors, including FDR, JFK, LBJ, and Barack Obama. To varying degrees, they use the FBI, IRS, and or CIA against their political opponents, and they unleash these agencies against hostile news organizations. But they're not said to be dictators, no. They were progressives and, of course, Democrats. And I pointed out the limits of this platform prevent me from writing further, but keep all this in mind in the months ahead. As these same centers of power and privilege intensify their propaganda and demonization campaign against President Trump, the closer we get to the November election. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. At Hillsdale College, faith and learning are integrated in pursuit of a common end. And I've been talking a lot about four pillars of the Hillsdale College mission. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Today, I'd like to focus on faith. As the founders of our nation knew, God is indeed the first authority and the motive toward which all learning moves. Hillsdale understands that we come to really know things through reason and faith. And their students are taught to pursue truth through both. Founded in 1844 by Christians, students of all faiths are welcome at Hillsdale College and always have been. How does the college teach the 
essentials of the Christian faith and religion, all students must take a course, the Western theological tradition, as part of Hillsdale's rigorous core curriculum. The college also offers majors in religion, philosophy and religion, and Christian studies. Hillsdale's campus is a welcoming place in which to discuss and practice faith. Respectful dialogue among Christians of different denominations and with students of non-Christian faiths is just one hallmark of this stellar college. Now, to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. There's so many ways to hammer Biden. I mean, the guy was in the Senate 36 plus years. He was vice president for eight years. Vice president, just prior to the time Trump became president, and for 44 plus years, he couldn't make sure there were enough masks in the country. See how it works? Or enough ventilators, or enough beds. But if just put him back in the office of the presidency, everything would have worked absolutely smoothly. And on the job side, he would have created millions and millions of more jobs because he would have been Joey on the spot. And yet, without the virus, they didn't create bullcrap. Jobs, businesses, they were the enemy of jobs and businesses. Barack Obama wasn't a jobs president. He was a big government president. So there's many ways to respond to this moron, even every now and then when he comes up with a complete sentence. Technology has improved just about everything. Phones, cars, shopping. Yet mattresses have more or less been the same since the invention of sleep. But we deserve better. And finally, the mattress has evolved thanks to purple. The secret to purple is the purple grid. It's a patented comfort technology that instantly adapts to your body's natural shape and sleep style. Purple is for everybody, no matter how you sleep. The Purple Mattress is soft where you want it, firm where you need it, and comfortably cool all over. It's truly a mattress that does it all. You can count on resting easy night after night, year after year, because the ultra-durable Purple Grid won't sink or lose shape. I will not be on the air tomorrow. I have family in town, grandchildren in town, and so forth. My daughter, my stepson. I wish I had my son. I wish I had my uh, stepson, stepdaughter. I wish I had everybody. But they can't. Well, I am going to have my stepdaughter. So the only ones missing will be the guys, Chase and David. Well, we'll miss them. But we still will be celebrating July 4th, Mr. Producer. White privilege. Systemic racism day. I guess that's what it is on July 4th, correct? Isn't that what we're being accused of? Not the founding of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Where basketball and football players can be making tens of millions of dollars. And actors the same. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker. Somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building. We've once again made contact with our leader, Mark. Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. I always try to provide helpful commentary to the various entities with whom I am associated by my choice. 
And, you know, we're syndicated by a very wonderful company called Westwood One. It does a lot of sports, too. But as I sit here, evening after evening, night after night, doing my program, I listen to the network news at the top of the hour, Mr. Producer. We all do, and we shake our heads. There needs to be more balance and more impartiality. That's what we want from our news. It's not going to be perfectly objective. I get it. But it ought not be overtly partisan. And so I'm listening, and they talk about the jobs number, what the president says, and then they play a clip of what Joe Biden has to say. Joe Biden is not the president. Joe Biden is hiding in his basement. The president of the United States is making decisions that affect our country. The employment number increase was fantastic. So why would you emphasize Joe Biden's response rather than the president's comments? Joe Biden must have gotten two or three times more airtime with his clip than the so-called presenter or reader gave the president in the statement, her statement about what the president said. Don't you think, Mr. Producer? It was terrible. And it's not the first time. So friendly, positive advice. Fix the damn thing. Or I really don't want it on my show, quite frankly. Fix it. Going on for too long already. And I want to get into this now. I just saw this. Mr. Producer just sent this to me. The National Football League is to play the Black National Anthem before the National Anthem at the beginning of the season. I didn't know there was a Black National Anthem. Did you? Well, apparently there is a Black National Anthem and then a White Privileged Supremacy National Anthem. Levinites, you have got to be fools to give any ratings to any NFL game or to this league, which has destroyed itself. Do not watch these programs on network news. Do not watch these programs on cable news. Do not go to these games and line the pockets of these people who hate your guts and hate our country. I don't care what they say. I'm looking at what they're doing. If this is what they want to do, then let the whole damn thing collapse. I could care less. USA Today. Starting with the nationally televised regular season opener between the Houston Texans and Kansas City Chiefs on September 10. Lift every voice and sing, also known as the Black National Anthem. Amazing how you learn things will be performed before every week one kickoff, before the star-spangled banner. I wonder, will people be taking the knee to the Black National Anthem, Mr. Producer? And if they do, will they survive? Will they even be able to get out of the stadium? According to a person familiar with the ongoing discussions, I'm not saying you should. I'm, I'm just saying I object to two national anthems. There's one. The person spoke to USA Today Sports on condition of anonymity because plans have not yet been finalized and announced by NFL officials. Well, they listen to this show, but they're also, uh, you know, fixated with ESPN. Both anthems will be televised Sunday afternoon. This is the news report. 
I hope it changes. And on Sunday night football, on Monday night football contests as well, ESPN's undefeated first reported news of these plans. The person said after brainstorming with numerous players in the NFL Players Association, NFL officials also plan to honor victims of police brutality through elements such as helmet decals or jerseys. It's also expected that the week one broadcast will feature a number of educational PSAs about victims and their families. Hey, victims and their families? Victims. You want to know about victims? Did you see the gentleman on Sean Hannity's show last night, Mr. Producer? The father, African-American, whose 19-year-old son was murdered in the Seattle Gulag. Horace Anderson is the father's name. He was destroyed, as any of us would be. And as he pointed out, there's no Black Lives Matter march. And I'll just repeat here, there'll be no PSA about him. There'll be no PSA about black-on-black crime, about young black men killing young black men. And that's what the facts, the facts, the facts show. The mayhem and the slaughter in our cities, Chicago, New York, Los Angeles. NFL won't touch that. Because they're gutless. ESPN, gutless. ESPN, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, gutless. Police brutality. A friend of mine said, who's African? You don't, you don't understand, Mark, because you're not African-American. Oh, okay. I understand this, humanity. And I don't hear you talking about the slaughter taking place in the cities with black-on-black crime. Police brutality. How many situations of brutality have the police broken up? How many lives have they saved? How many lives have they protected in and out of the inner cities? It's not calculated. Well, you've never been stopped in your car. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. We all have. Haven't you, Mr. Producer? Most of the time it was on me. But you weren't stopped because of your race. Well, how do I know you were stopped because of your race? Is that what the cops said? I'm stopping you because of your race? It's unbelievable. The prioritization. The illogic. So I didn't know we had in this country a black national anthem. I only participate in the national anthem. And I don't take knees when it comes to the national anthem either. Goodell will go down as the worst commissioner in the history of all professional sports. And I'm sure, I don't watch ESPN anymore. I'm sure he's praised to the hilt. Praised to the hilt. And the thing is, you've got this going on. There, here's the dynamics. You have a, a, a league that's about 65% minority. So the minority is the majority. And you have a, the ownership, which is overwhelmingly white. And the commissioner's white. And so their answer to the tumult that's taking place is to join 
in the attack on their fans, to join in the attack on the American citizen and the American people, to join in the radical, broad-based, vicious bigotry about systemic racism, and then they expect to fill their stands and overcharge the people in the stands for their damn hot dogs and their beer and their sodas and their peanut. Ain't going to happen here, I can tell you that. Not by me. Not by me. You disrespect millions and millions of people in this country, regardless of their race. You disrespect this country. And then we disrespect you. You football players, you haven't earned our respect. Why should I respect you? Who the hell are you? I don't even know. I don't know who the owners are. The hell do I know about the owners? They got a whole industry, cable industry. They got their networks, their sports. Oh, a whole bureaucracy. People making a fortune off of you, ladies and gentlemen. Off of you. Off of your cable bills. Off of... Off of you buying from their advertisers. Off of you going to their games and overpaying for junk food. And paying for their damn sneakers that are made in China by slave labor, by Muslims. Now we find they're they're making them grow their hair long and shaving off their hair. But the NBA commissioner said we got to respect both cultures and societies. As China destroys Hong Kong, as China destroys Tibet, as China has imprisoned in internment camps almost two million Muslims, as China goes through their Christian churches and does exactly what Sean King wants them to do, pulls down all the statues of Jesus, we got to respect that call. These are money-hungry, unprincipled frauds. The athletes... The owners, the sportscasters, frauds. And I choose not to participate in any more. And you're talking to or listening to a big-time football fan. No more. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. If I want to hear mindless, vicious, horrific comments about our country, I'll listen to Bernie Sanders and Nancy Pelosi, and Chuck Schumer, and Antifa, and Black Lives Matter. I don't need to watch football for this crap. I don't need to pay them. Remember, when you're sitting on your sofa or in your chair, and you're watching that football game, they're collecting your eyes as ratings to charge advertisers more. Don't do it anymore. There are other sports to watch. There's other things to do. If we've learned anything the last five or six months, we can live without them. They can't live without us. We can live without them. They can't live without us. And when I say us, I mean all of us. All of us who believe in the American flag and the national anthem in this country. Of all races and creeds and religion. And you know what? There's more of us than there are football players and basketball players. And you know what else? They make one one-hundredth of a percent in the, in the, of, the, of the wealthiest people in this country. And all they do is whine and complain. And cash their massive checks. This is why the other day I to- showed you real heroes. 
in sports. These aren't heroes. These are spoiled crybabies who are gifted, who've been treated like kings, and if they're female, queens, since high school and college and now professional sports. But don't worry, they're going to run up and down the basketball court with some social statement on their back. They're down for the revolution. Or now we're going to have two national anthems. Two national anthems. You know, we're supposed to be a colorblind society. That's why Martin Luther King was such a tremendous icon. He didn't talk like this. He didn't view the country this way. He would never have agreed the two national anthems. And so basically what the NFL is going to do, listen to me clearly, is they're resegregating society. You've got an anthem for this and an anthem for this. Resegregating society. And all the so-called down-for-the-revolution people are resegregating society too. I, I have to be, I've been behind this microphone how long now? Most of, 17 years? Something like that? 18 years now. I've never been more disgusted in my life with the racism, the blatant racism that, that permeates everything in this country now. And it's not the cops. It's the athletes. It's the actors and actresses. It's the media. It's the Democrat Party. It's academia. I'll be right back. Mark In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Well, you know, ladies and gentlemen, we have these defund the cops effort all across the fruits and the plains, Mr. Producer. So, as you know, last night I suggested that you contact your state representatives and state senators and begin defunding the colleges and universities, which are the Soviet propaganda mills for so many of these Bernie Sanders and Biden Bolsheviks. And I'm quite serious about this. I have another defund idea, and I mean this seriously. Defund the cops? I say we defund the NFL. Now, there's no law to pass. Just defund them with your own behavior. Slash their salaries. Slash their profits. Watch ESPN cut its number of employees even further. Watch cable die on the vine. You have the power to do this. 
We have the BDS movement against Jews in Israel, which, which uh, Black Lives Matter participates in. We have a defund the cops effort. Okay, folks, there's more of us than there are Antifa and Black Lives Matter and these other left-wing kooks. So let's play the game. Defund the NFL. Maybe the NBA, too. I don't really pay a lot of attention to the NBA. I used to love it when there was Will Chamberlain and Chet Walker and Hal Greer and Bill Cunningham. and those. Not anymore. I don't care anymore. Got egomaniacs like LeBron James. All good with China. Because he's making a fortune off China. But he's also making a fortune off the American people. So if he wants to call you systemically racist, I don't know why, why you make him a rich man. Because you in the end, the fans, the American people, not cable, not the popcorn stand, it's not the owners, it's you. Without you, they have nothing. And so I suggest we defund the NFL. You want two national anthems? Count us out. The disrespect that they are showing, the men and women in the military, the men and women in law enforcement, our veterans, the disrespect they're showing the men and women who died for this country on one battlefield after another. This isn't some GD game. Two national anthems? Why not five? Why not one for every ethnic group? They're destroying this country, and I'll be damned if I'm going to pay for it. I'm sorry if you had a bad experience with the cops when you were 17 years old and they stopped you. So what? When slaughter and mayhem is taking place at night in so many of these cities, i got to worry about somebody being offended. I'm offended all the time. There's communities I can't walk into. There's places I can't go. For God's sake, sometimes I have to wear a bulletproof vest. So what should we do? Destroy the country? Defund the NFL. Defund the NFL. Defund the NFL. It's up to each and every one of you. They can go to hell. I'll be right back. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. It's your daily adult dosage of the Constitution. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now at 877-381-3811. I'm very serious, ladies and gentlemen, about defunding the NFL. Except unlike the left, we're not requiring the government to do anything. We just need to do it on our own, our own behavior, our own conduct. For some of you, it's going to be difficult, but it really shouldn't be. You now have to choose between our country and some of these, these other institutions. 
And the league hates your guts. It hates you. The players hate you. They're arrogant. They're sophomoric. They're condescending. And many of them are bigoted. And same with the coaches. Right, Steph? Greg? In my humble opinion. In my humble opinion. Enough already. They want to go out, form a political party called the National Football League Political Party. Go for it. With nothing to do with it. I'm sure as hell not paying for it. You know, a black national anthem. So I guess the other national anthem is the white national anthem? Who's to take knees on what? I can just see the fights in the stands now. Can't you, Mr. Producer? So don't go. Don't be in the stands. The hell with the whole thing. The hell with the whole thing. I don't care. Sometimes you have to take a stand. And this is not a very difficult stand. It's not like you're in a foxhole defending your country. It's like, you know what? I'm not watching that. You know what? I'm not going to that. You know what? I'm sick and tired of paying these guys. I'm not paying them. They hate my guts. Why would I give somebody who hates my guts money? Why would I pay $5 for a hot dog when I can get it for a buck and a half at Costco with a soda? And what do you want to do? You want to teach your kids that there's two national anthems? Do you want to be sitting there on Sunday, Monday night football, Thursday night football, every night football, turn on the TV, there's two national anthems, and only one, they're taking a knee? Is that what you want to show your kids? No! No! You want to take them to a game where they're singing two national anthems? One's respected and one's not? No! You want to pay confiscatory prices for tickets and the fast food that pays for the whole damn thing? No! And same with these cable operators. Screw them! I mean, Comcast owns NBC and MSNBC. The hell with it! Mark, what can we do? I'm telling you, one of the things you can do right now, right now, We don't need a leader. You're the leader. Just do it. All right. Don't want another heart attack. They'd love that, wouldn't they, Mr. Reduce? Mark Levin, bigot, provocateur, Jew. Uh, What else could they say? Loudmouth? Died, and we're glad he did. (laughs) that'll be Wikipedia. That'll be the best of it. You know, debt often climbs because people don't pay attention to it. You might be guilty of this. I don't know. I have been from time to time. Now, I'm talking about credit card rates. Did you know there are credit cards out there that have an interest rate of 16%? 16%. How is that possible? It's ridiculous. I'll bet you're paying it. Betty, at what kind of percentage are you paying? Do you know? Even if it's less than that, 7, 8, 10%, it's still likely in the double digits, and that's just as bad. So why not take 10 minutes out of your day, 10 minutes, and speak to our friends at American Financing. It's a wonderful, small, family-owned business who do a tremendous job. See, if you can refinance that debt into your mortgage at a much lower rate, it can mean $1,000 or more in monthly savings. 
Now, let's figure that out. If you can save $1,000 in monthly savings, by my calculation, Mr. Producer, that's $12,000 a year. You really owe it to yourself to get a free mortgage review from American Financing. See just how much money you can save. Mr. Producer did it. My daughter did it. They are the best. What else can I tell you? That's one of my buddies, and that's blood. And they vouch for American Financing. 888-900-1828. That's their number. 888-900-1828. 888-900-1828. Or visit AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. You know, in the old days, Adam Schiff would be uh, charged with sedition. The old days, you know, like under Franklin Roosevelt. The great Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who the left loves. And he was probably one of the most fascistic presidents in American history. They love his monument. They'll never touch it. There it sits between Lincoln and Jefferson. Jefferson, who helped give us this great country. Lincoln, who helped save it. And FDR, big-time socialist. Top committee staff for Representative Adam Schiff writes the Federalist, Sean Davis and Molly Hemingway, the chairman of the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, or the lack thereof, were briefed in February, listen, briefed in February on intelligence about Russia offering the Taliban bounties in Afghanistan. But he took no action in response to the briefing. Multiple intelligence sources familiar with the briefing told the Federalist. The intelligence was briefed the shift staff during a congressional delegation or CODEL trip to Afghanistan in February. Mr. Producer, we try this from time to time. Would you invite Mr. Schiff on the program, please? Everybody knows he's so smart. He's so convincing. He's, he's, he, he, nobody can debate like Adam Schiff. He's just so unbelievable. And you watch how the coward avoids me, as they all do. Like an interview on MSLSD is tough. It goes something like this. Adam, Adam, is your IQ 140 or 150? Well, you know, in that area, but we never like to bring. Adam, yes. What else can we do to slobber all over you? Well, you know, you know we shouldn't. Uh, Adam, what, what, what? Are you going to get Trump? Well, yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah. Well, we're working on it, you know. We've got whistleblowers up the wazoo here, you know. We're, we're doing the very best we can. Yeah. Adam, yes. Your mother's calling. She wants you to come home, Adam. Mommy, why are you coming? Adam. Time to go home to mommy. Go back to the basement. If you're a good boy, you'll get a cupcake. Schiff, who has acknowledged President Donald Trump was never briefed on the so-called intelligence, has thus far refused to disclose that his staff was personally briefed. Wouldn't you like to depose him and his staff just for once? The revelation raises serious questions that Schiff is once again politicizing and perhaps even deliberately misrepresenting key data for partisan gain. I have a question to Adam. May I ask you a question, Adam? Mr. Tough Guy? Did you leak to the New York Times? I'm not saying you did. I don't know, but I would like to ask you. For the record, the public record. Are you the one who leaked to the New York Times? Adam? 
Adam, doesn't he sound like he's three year old, three years old, Mr. Adam, Adam. I would like to know, Adam, if you'd leaked to the New York Times. Asked by a reporter Tuesday if he had any knowledge of the Russia story prior to the New York Times report, Schiff said, I can't comment on specifics. <laughs> a yes or no would do. No, no, can't comment on specifics. I can only comment on generalities. Oh. Well, did you generally know about the story prior to the New York Times? Can't comment on generalities. Look, I'm busy doing a hit job. That's what I do. I accuse the Russians of doing exactly what I'm doing with the Russians, trying to take out the President of the United States. You know, the Russians love Adam Schiff. The communists love, our enemies love Adam Schiff. Even though he points to the Russians, this is the big game and the joke. The Democrats love the Russians, and the Russians love the Democrats. Going back to the communist revolution in 1917, they love the New York Times. They all love each other. It's the Democrats who've sold out this country to the Russians and other uh, genocidal regimes over the decades. Oh, it's true. If they're not rounding up slaves and segregating people and, and, and setting up internment camps for like Japanese Americans, they, they, they endorse those governments that do. Like China. Right, LeBron? Like China. Schiff's recent complaints that Trump took no action against Russia in response to rumors of Russia bounties are curious, given that Schiff himself took no action after his top staff were briefed by intelligence officials. As chairman of the Intelligence Committee, Schiff had the authority to immediately brief the full committee and convene hearings on the matter. But Schiff did nothing. He did not brief his committee on the matter, nor did he brief the Gang of Eight, which consists of top congressional leadership in both chambers. Shouldn't Schiff be expelled? Is Schiff a double agent? Is Schiff working for Putin? Is Schiff on the payroll of Russia? How about his family, his business ties? Do we know anything about his income taxes? Do we know anything about his bank accounts? Do we know anything about his travel records? Do we have everything we need on Schiff? Like they do to Trump. Huh? 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 Do we? What about his wife? Does he have a wife? Schiff is demanding that the Trump administration brief all of Congress about the unverified allegations, yet he himself did not ask for a briefing of the Intelligence Committee following the February briefing of his own. No, he was too busy trying to take out Trump on behalf of Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping. Patrick Boland, a spokesman for Schiff on the Intelligence Committee, did not respond to a request for a comment on Schiff's inaction and declined to say why Schiff withheld the information from Congress for months. Boland also did not explain why travel records regarding the congressional staff delegation trip to Afghanistan had not yet been disclosed to the congressional records in the congressional record as required by law. Oh. Maybe we should change his name from Adam Schiff, Mr. Producer, to Alger Schiff. You get my drift? Alger Schiff. Alger, are you a double agent? Triple agent? Are you transitioning from an American citizen to a Russian apparatchik? Who is Adam Schiff? Do we know? I don't think we really know. I don't know. He kind of looks Russian, and I can say that I'm Russian. Hate the bastards, but that's my background. 
Schiff, who was the key driver behind failed Democrat attempts to impeach and remove President Trump from office earlier this year, about the president's interactions with foreign leaders, also lied about his staff's interaction with the so-called whistleblower, Eric Caramella. Eric Caramella. Eric Caramella. Eric Caramella. Eric Caramella. C-I-A-R. What is it? Charamella. 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 Say it fast. Eric Charamella. I think he'll be voting for Biden, too. The California Democrat was also a main proponent of the Russia collusion hoax. Schiff falsely claimed that he and his staff had no interaction with the anti-Trump Charamella, 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 behind the impe- It sounds like a type of ice cream, doesn't it? And I'll have the Charamella with, uh, with, uh, with, with, the, with the sprinkles on top. The Charamella, what do you mean? You know, right next to the sorbet, uh, the Charamella. I'll be right back. I have to say, the Club for Growth Pack, I think that's what it's called, slamming away at the Lincoln Project. What a fantastic, fantastic political action committee. They're fighting back. I don't see a lot of Republican senators fighting back to you. I saw Mike Lee on the floor of the Senate today. He was outstanding. He put it to them all. A resolution, he said, to condemn the mob violence. And the Democrats blocked it. That's what you do. If you're in a stalemate in the Senate and you can't move, just make them vote for stuff. So it can be used against them in a campaign. Be smart. That's smart. This Club for Growth ad is outstanding. Republican Attorneys General have another ad out there that is absolutely outstanding. Fight back, fight back. Just remember, defund the NFL. It's not about football anymore. It's not about football anymore. Most of these guys went to college, not all of them, but went to college on a football scholarship. Then they're drafted into the pros. And now they're philosopher kings. Philosopher kings. They make more money than you could ever imagine making for doing anything. And they hate you. Well, guess what? We get the hate back. We get the disrespect back. So screw off. That's my point. That's my view. Have you ever been searching for something online that you don't want others to know about? I know most of you are probably thinking, why don't you use incognito mode? Well, incognito mode doesn't hide your activity. Your internet service provider can still see every website you've ever visited. That's why when I'm at home, I never go online without ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers, so your internet service provider can't see the sites you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all of your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. ExpressVPN is available on all your devices, phones, computers, even your smart TV, so there's no excuse for you not not be using it. Protect your online activity today 
with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Wired. Go to expressvpn.com slash mark, expressvpn.com slash mark to get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash mark, expressvpn.com slash mark. You know, Mr. Producer, I got to thinking, as I always do. If we broom our history of the Confederacy of Confederate Generals, of statues, of memorials, of books and movies that depict the Confederacy and the Confederates, then how will we know they ever existed? Then how will we know who they are and what they did? How are we going to find out? How are we going to find out? Because we've removed them. I have a question. The battlefields where the Confederacy defeated the Union forces. Should we get rid of those two? Should we get rid of those two? Or just get rid of all of them? If we're going to take out Lincoln, we might as well take out all the battlefields. I have another question to ask, and I mean this with all seriousness. How many people in Hollywood who are actors and actresses, or screenwriters, directors, and producers, have visited a single Civil War battlefield? How many NFL players, NBA players, baseball players, coaches, sports broadcasters have visited a single Civil War battlefield? Just one. To learn what took place during just one of those horrific battles. How many? I'll bet very, very few. How many of these individuals took more than one American history course as an elective? As an elective? I bet very, very few. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Tons to do. Only one hour to do it. I will not be here tomorrow. Richie Z from the great WPHT in Philadelphia, he will be here. Well, uh, Adam Silver is the NBA chief muckety-muck. And uh, he has a discussion with Time Magazine. And you know, the NBA has its head so far up Xi, that is Communist China's backside. It's just a very painful situation. So all the basketball players slobber over the genocidal regime 
in China, the fact that they rounded up millions of Uyghur Muslims is of no consequence. The fact that they're now using their hair and selling it, it was, did you see that story, Mr. Producer? Sick. Um, they are forcing them to have abortions. They are sterilizing them. They're doing what Hitlerian regimes do. But don't worry. The NBA knows how to make a buck. And let me ask you something, ladies and gentlemen. I don't watch ESPN. How many of these people on ESPN have been condemning the NBA's relationship with China? How many? All the down-for-the-revolution types? Sportscasters? Athletes? None of them, probably. None of them. Can't do that. We only take our civil liberties so far. We only take our human rights so far. I mean, I was stopped by a cop once, and he didn't treat me right. Okay, but they're rounding up people, and they're sterile. You know, buck is a buck. So here's this pathetic buffoon, Adam Silver. Cut 12, go. Adam, last time you joined us for a Tom and Hunter Talks back in October, um, the NBA was embroiled in an international diplomatic crisis after Houston Rockets general manager Daryl Morey um, tweeted in favor of Hong Kong, which potentially damaged your business relationship with China. Has that relationship improved? Now, now let's stop. So here's the idiot. What is this show called? I don't even know. What is this? Time magazine. So the guy's concern is whether the relationship has improved. Meanwhile, Hong Kong is gone. The people are no longer free. China is now attacking India. China is a grave threat to the United States. And this idiot wants to know if the relationship between the NBA and the genocidal regime in China has improved. Let's find out the answer, shall we? Here is Adam Silver, the NBA head muckety-muck. Go. I I feel it has. um, You know, our our games are on Tencent, um, the distribution platform. And that's the government-controlled sports streamer, just so you know. Go ahead. Um, you know, we've continued a dialogue um, with the Chinese, with our business partners there in certain cases with certain government officials. And, you know, we, we're just going to keep at it. Uh, we've had a long history in China, and certainly this is a bump in the road in, in our relations. Obviously, I think we all understand each other. You know, as I've said before, you know, we come to China with a certain set of core American values and principles. No, 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 you don't. No, no. Remember, America has slavery in its DNA. The New York Times has told us this since 1619. There are no core values and principles. America is systemically racist, systemically oppressive. So no, you don't come to China with a set of core American values and principles. You come to China hating your own country. Go ahead. I understand also they have a different form of government and they have a different view of how things have been done, how, how things should be done. And, and, and hopefully we can find mutual respect for each other. Mutual respect for each other. You know, this fool, I wonder. In the 1930s and 40s, if this fool would have said, hey, look, look, we just play basketball. We have different systems. We need to have mutual respect for each other. So whether it's fascist Italy or fascist Japan or fascist 
Germany, you know, we just have the mutual respect for each other. I know this because LeBron James said the same thing. You know, we mutual respect. This poor slob, Daryl Morley, he just doesn't understand. He doesn't get it. Doesn't understand. He mean talking up for liberty. You can have free speech and all, but you have to have responsibilities, says the great Confucius of the NBA. Yes, you have to have responsibility. Now, they're systemically slaughtering people in China. They're systemically removing them from their homes and putting them in concentration camps in China. They're systemically sterilizing Muslim women in China. And they are systemically killing political prisoners. Systemically, I might say. You know, the system. Systemically. But we got to find mutual respect for each other. That's why this whole thing is loathsome. The NFL, the NBA, running up and down fields, running up and down basketball courts. You know what? We've gotten too zoned in on this stuff. We've, we've bought the hype. We've bought all the marketing. We've bought all the clothes, all the BS. Enough. There's a real world out there, and it's not the NFL and the NBA. It's not even – I like ma- love Major League Baseball. You know, we're going to do 60 games. With all due respect, what a thug union that is. But what do I know? I'm just, a, I'm just one man at the top of the mountain yelling at the top of my lungs. The hell good does it do? I don't even know. Oh, I have to be careful about this story, Mr. Producer. It's from the Daily Wire a couple days ago, another great website. You ready? You ready, everybody? Uh-oh. Here's the headline. Atlanta detective sides with officer in defense filing for Rayshard Brooks's case. Says Brooks would have been charged on 10 counts. Uh Uh-oh. In a defense filing for former Atlanta police officer Garrett Rolfe, who's been charged with felony murder in the Rayshard Brooks case, the Atlanta Police Department homicide detective assigned to the case, Al Hogan, Sided with Rolf, noting that he would have brought 10 charges against Brooks had he survived the incident. Quote, Atlanta PD detective assigned to the Rayshard Brooks investigation says he would have charged Brooks, not Rolf, with 10 counts, including multiple felonies, posted Philip Holloway, a legal analyst for WSB Radio. Captioning a screenshot of Hogan's letter, Holloway noted, usually law enforcement are witnesses for the state, but this is from a defense filing. Mr. Hogan was assigned the Brooks case and arrived on scene shortly after the incident, he explains in the letter. Quote, I am the homicide major incident team investigator that was assigned the case involving officers Rolf and Bronson regarding their interaction with Rashard Brooks, the detective wrote in the letter, which consistently misspells Brooks's first name. I was calling in from my home shortly after the incident occurred and began my investigation upon my arrival to the scene. I gathered all the audio and video evidence as well as interviewed witnesses that would speak with me on the scene. My investigation showed that Rayshard Brooks's behavior did in fact warrant several federal charges. Uh, but before I was able to pursue those charges, I was informed that Rayshard Brooks had died, negating the necessity for that portion of my investigation, he said. He then lays out 10 charges he says he would have brought against Brooks. May I, may I read these? Is that okay? I think I will. DUI, DUI, less safe, a violation of OCGA 46, whatever. Felony obstruction, two counts. 
aggravated assault against a police officer, two counts. Battery against a police officer, two counts. Theft by taking, a violation. Removal of weapon from a public official, robbery, a violation, and so forth. In his struggle to evade arrest and revocation of his probation, Mr. Brooks concussed Officer Bronson. That is, Bronson got a concussion. Stole his taser, they say, the defense. Shot him with the taser, fled with the taser, then pointed and fired the taser at Officer Rolf, the motion states. Wow. You know, I didn't see that on TV, Mr. Producer. I, I didn't see that on television. What's going on? I thought we were supposed to get the news from TV. And then there's this. I told you, I got a lot to cover. Anthony Fauci's on BBC Radio. Can I ask you a question? I can understand being on a major American television show like moi, major radio show, that sort of... Why does Anthony Fauci have time to do BBC Radio? The guy shows up on sonograms. He shows up on airport radio. He shows up everywhere, doesn't he, Mr. Producer? Well, where does he get the time? I thought we had a pandemic. Isn't he the, uh, the head guru and the muckety-muck of all this? Yes, he is. But my God, does the guy love publicity or what? The Fouch. And he knows everything. And yet the funny thing, most of the time he knows nothing. That's the truth. And here he is, BBC Radio, and you'll... Probably, I haven't heard this yet, understand that the, the broadcaster for the BBC, I think probably has a typical British accent, doesn't he, Mr. Producer? So in other words, he's burping all over the place. No offense to our British friends. Cut five, go. Why have you had those spikes, do you think? When you look at the fact that we never got things down to baseline, where so many countries in Europe and the UK and other countries did, they closed down to the tune of about 97% lockdown. But stop. He just throws these numbers out. And nobody ever... Ch- where do you get 97% lockdown? What's, can you show us the model? Can you sh- no, he can't. So you see, the problem is, ladies and gentlemen, you just didn't suffer enough. You kept your kids home. You kept your parents home. You kept your grandparents home. You wore masks, you wore gloves. Some of you wore burkas and trash bags. You stayed in your houses, the streets were empty, the major cities. Main Street empty, everything. Times Square was empty. Pennsylvania Avenue in Pennsylvania, it was empty, everything's empty. Rodeo Drive empty. Except for some of the liberals wandering around. Empty. Everything's empty. Wasn't good enough. 40 million jobs were lost. Not good good enough. Hundreds of thousands of businesses shuttered. Not good enough. Wasn't good enough. They just wouldn't listen to me. The Fouch. I told them not to get masks, and they didn't get masks. Then they get masks, then I told them to get masks. They just didn't listen to me. By the way, now masks are everything. Masks are everything. This guy's been in charge of everything. Well, why didn't he have more masks on the shelf in the presidential? Now masks are everything. 
masks were nothing. Now they're they just wouldn't listen to me. My God. Go ahead. States, even in the most a strict lockdown, only about fifty percent of the country locked down. Only about fifty percent of the country locked down. I told him. Lock down. Lock your lock your mother in the closet. I told him lock down. They wouldn't listen to me. Is he an idiot or what? Yes, he's an idiot. What is this guy? And I told you, because of the experts I brought on radio and TV from Stanford, from Yale, from Oxford, from the Rockefeller College, a research college, and from other places, read to you what these experts and scientists said, who've treated more patients than Fauci has in a half century. What did they say? This was going to happen. Why? Because of the lockdown. Because once people come out who haven't gotten the virus, they're going to get the virus. But the Fauci wasn't good enough. And by the way, the idiot Joe Biden says he has an enormous respect for Fauci. Well, which Fauci? There's like multiple Fauci's. No masks, yes masks. Open slowly, 100% shut down. The models aren't right, but the data's good. What the hell is this guy? He's a bureaucrat. That's what he is. He's a survivor. 50 years, 36 some odd years in the same job, much like Biden. Man, oh man. One thing you know how to do is to fight off all those youngsters who want to take your job. Been in the same job 36 years. I don't even know how he keeps up with anything. He's on every BBC radio. How does that help us? Well, listen, they, they wanted to talk to me, and I am the Fouch. Go ahead. Allow the perpetuation of the outbreak uh, that we never did get under very good control. This guy is a liberal. He's a Democrat. He loved Hillary Clinton, and now he's trying to put the stake in Donald Trump's heart. The president listened to him. He was the science expert, along with Burks, or whatever the hell her name is, and... Now Fauci, is, he acts like he's, he's an observer. Look, I was watching. I was listening. I was told they wouldn't listen to me. I, I said, shut it all down. Get the mask. Don't get the mask. You know, I was telling them everything, what to do. Uh, don't let the Chinese in. Do let the Chinese in. Open a little, but don't open a lot. But they wouldn't listen to me. They listened to me. This wouldn't be a problem. But we listened to others, and they told us what you were doing would create a problem. And even so, the mortality rate is tiny. I know, I know Biden says 128,000 people as opposed to 128 million have died from the virus, he says. Like it's Trump's fault. Like Trump injected it in 128,000 people. No hearings about Cuomo the dummo. No hearings about Murphy the dummy. Pritzker and the others who are shoving coronavirus positive patients in the nursing homes and adult facility. I mean, anybody knew that. The homeless guy. Don't do that. My God. No, no, no. You don't understand. My, my public experts tell me it's okay. Can I have any hearing? No, 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 no. So Biden doesn't blame them. It's Trump. Trump's trying to do everything he can for these incompetent buffoon leftists. Ventilators. You need this. You need that. What, what else do you need? I mean, you need sheets. You need pillows. What, what, what else do you need? Tongue depressors. Yeah. What, what else do you need, Cuomo? I have more, more. I need more, more. I need more. And then in the end, he has too much. 
I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Maria, Bronx, New York, the great WABC. Go. Hello. Hello, Maria. <laughs> yes, I'm here. Go this right ahead, my friend. Yes, it is. It's, oh, Mr. Levine. But you can Bye, call me the great Levine. one. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mr. Levine. Yes, ma'am. Oh my God, you are my favorite. Thank you. Believe me. Thank you. Uh, let me let me introduce myself. I'm Maria. I'm in Spanish. Yes, ma'am. So I hear I hear you saying about bringing the victims of police brutality. Well, that's what the NFL story says. Uh, okay. What about bringing the victims of the black community against the Spanish and other people of other? Uh oh, you're intru- you're introducing something new here. What are you suggesting? Oh, well, let me tell you. I have been mugged twice. I am not white. You've been mugged My twice? Twice, yes. By the same race. I don't want to say the... the All the, right, the, listen, believe it or not, and I want the audience to understand, this is a hard break, so I'm going to have to go. I don't, I'm not comfortable with this race-on-race stuff, but it is interesting we're not allowed to talk about any of this race-on-race stuff, but how about we bring all the victims of crime into the stadium, Mr. Producer? What do you think of that? Including any victims that... That may have resulted from any players, for all we know. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. 
Mark Levin, tough as hell. That's why I like Mark Levin. And I'm not sure a lot of people like him. He's tough as hell. But I like him. I love him. Call in now. 877-381-3811. Can you imagine the insanity of the left controlling our federal government for four years? People who aren't paying attention, they better wake the hell up. And I want to say this to the NBA in all seriousness. What's the idiot's name again, the uh, commissioner? Adam. Another Adam. 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 Uh, You know, Adam, Chinese lives matter too. And you're playing footsie with a genocidal regime in China. That enslaves people today. Enslaves people today. We're not talking about 150 years ago. We're not talking about monuments. We're talking about active concentration camps. So Adam, Adam Silver, may I call you Adam? I think I will. You should at least, you and LeBron and all the tough guys in the NBA, Steph, the Steffer, Popovich, or Popovich, what's his name? Popovich? What's it? Whatever his name is. Greg. Yes. You should at least have the courage to insist that the genocidal communist regime in China allow you to carry flags or wear descriptions on the back of your jerseys or paint on the courts. Chinese lives matter. What do you think about that, Mr. Producer? Chinese lives matter. I mean, you got a problem with that, anybody? Chinese lives matter. And put it in Chinese, as my friend Joel Pollock would say. Put it in Chinese and English. Chinese lives matter. As a matter of fact, you go to an NBA game, you ought to wear that on your shirt. Chinese lives matter. Because the NBA is subsidizing the genocidal regime. And they're using slave labor labor, to make those sneakers that LeBron and the other superstars are selling and making a fortune off of as they live in systemically racist communities. Oh, these leftists are just so full of it. Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders supporters, the new Biden Bolsheviks, these are the ones burning down your towns, pulling down your statues. Hey, I want free college. Hey, you know what? Why don't you join my group called Fatties United and F you, every damn one of you. May I say that, Mr. Producer? Fatties united to each and every damn one of you. In fact, we need to defund our colleges. You know, this defund stuff, I'm really into it now. BDS, I'm into this too, if it's aimed at the right entities. We need to defund the colleges and universities, defund the NFL, defund the NBA. We need to BDS... Black Lives Matter, BDS Antifa, and BDS Biden. Did I say BDS? I meant BDS. Now, ladies and gentlemen, there's a decision that needs to be made at the White House. It's a decision that's really black and white, not in the race sense, in the decision sense. Some of you have Orthodox Jews, most of you aren't. Some of you are evangelical Christians, many of you are. But you're all patriotic Americans. 
if the United States comes out with a peace plan for the Middle East, and the Democrats oppose it, and the European Union opposes it, and the UN opposes it, and the Arabs and the Palestinians, one and the same, they oppose it, isn't that a good thing? Doesn't that mean we're on the right side? These are the usual sources of Jew hatred and Israel hatred. Israel's a tiny country. But it's not a victim. It's built up its society, it's built up its economy, it's built up its military, it's a democracy. Not a republic, it's a democracy. Parliamentary democracy. And so it's, it's been attacked numerous times, it's defended itself numerous times, and the losers keep t- saying, we want to dictate what the borders are. Well... Or even worse, they want to say, you shouldn't even exist. Talib, Omar, Each, Presley, Sanders, the Jew-hating anti-Semite wing of the Democrat Party, which is growing like a fungus. There's a fungus among us. I don't see any burning in the streets or rioting over this. I don't see any marching. Nothing. I barely see any news about this. No knees being taken in professional sports. Nobody says a damn thing. The Hasidic Jews in Brooklyn are targeted. Nothing. The Jews in the Fairfax section of L.A. are targeted. Nothing. FBI says the group that faces more hate crimes than any other group is the Jews. Not a word. Not a word on ESPN. Not a word by Joe Biden. Not a word by Pelosi, Schumer. Nothing. Nothing. The president, after much discussion and negotiation, puts together this peace deal. And if you would listen to the media or listen to the enemies of Israel, the Democrats and others, you would think that this peace deal gives the entire so-called West Bank, all of Judea and Samaria, to the Jews. And they take the land from the Palestinians who've been plotting there and, and, and... earnestly working there and and building homes there and communities there and civilization there for thousands of years. That's a lie. They were Arabs and are Bedouins. They moved into the area about 140, 150 years ago. They weren't even called Palestinians. It's a made-up name. They were called, you may have heard of this, Arabs. But Palestinian sounds like Palestine. So we have these areas we've talked about before, Judea and Samaria. These are the original ancient homeland areas, territories of the Jews. Goes back some 4,000 years ago. Wow. These are the indigenous people. And we know how much the Democrats, the liberals, the Europeans like indigenous people, except when they're Jews. It's a funny thing. But why would we turn to the Europeans when it comes to Jews? Didn't they wipe out like 6 million Jews? Hey, we want to hear what Germany thinks about this. No, not really. Not really. I don't. Do you, Mr. Producer? Not really. For once, they can butt out. Or the UN. We got to love the UN. You know, where Russia and China are there. Standing guard for North Korea and Iran and Cuba and all the rest of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very important. We know what they stand for. And also, the self-hating Jews. May I say this? May I say this? I will say this. Like J Street and others. And then there's APAC. A more disgusting political 
failure of an organization I've never seen. And then the Anti-Defamation League, taken over by an Obama hack. Liberals, what can I tell you? What can I tell you? But they're not Israelis. They don't live in Israel. They live in the safety of their own homes in America. Among the systemically racist. So the president's proposal is relatively simple. They have to map out the specifics, but we don't need to get into that. There's a half a million Jews that live in Judea and Samaria. So the United States says and Israel agrees, all right, look, you'll get 30%. You're already governing over 30% with your military. It's the same 30%. It's called Area C. It's where the so-called settlers... Ever hear of a person who is a settler on their own land? Well, this is the way it works over there. There's, a, there's settlers. In other words, the indigenous people. Do we call the Native Americans... Oh, the, well, they're settlers. No, the settlers are the ones that went into the native lands. Right, Mr. Producer? They're not settlers. They're indigenous peoples. It's not annexation. How do you annex your own property? It's right of return. I'm returning to my property. Anyway, so about 500,000 Israelis live in the, about 30% of these areas. And so the deal that the president cut with the Israelis, among others, was, all right, you get the 30%. They already have it. It's just that they want civilian rule, sovereignty over these areas, not military rule like it's, like it's up for grabs. So they want to apply the same laws that they apply to the other parts of their country and to the other Israelis, to these areas where these people live in Judea and Samaria. That's pretty much it. It's, and they want to give the Palestinians an opportunity to have their own state. And so if the Palestinians can show over the next five years or so, and I'm serious, number one, stop killing Jews. Number two, stop paying terrorists to kill Jews. Number three, stop giving pensions to terrorists who actually do kill Jews. Stuff like that. Number four, recognize the fact that Israel is a country and it's not going anywhere, and recognize that it's a Jewish state. And the Palestinians said, no way. No way. We're never going to do that. We're not going to do that. So the Fatah party, which is a terrorist party, I've told you before, but it's run by Abbas, who's a terrorist, who has ripped off his people, who's impoverished his people, has enriched himself and his family and his hoodlums, He's now joining together with Hamas on the American terror list, which is funded by the Muslim Brotherhood and allied with Hezbollah and Iran. So now the moderate Palestinian Authority is working with the terrorist Hamas. They're all terrorists. To quote-unquote topple the Trump deal. And yet that's not what's going to topple the Trump deal. You know what's going to topple the Trump deal? Is if this continues to get delayed. Israel is an independent country, ladies and gentlemen. Do we treat any other country like this? Does the world treat any other country like this? Do even we, the United States, treat any other country like this? Even country, countries to which we provide support. Do we treat any other country? You know what? You can't build the apartment house there. You can build it over here. You know, that's the line. Don't step. Who the hell talks like this to another country? But it's not Hamas or Abbas, or the EU, or the UN, 
or the Arab countries, or the Palestinians generally, who can kill this. It's actually people within the administration who could. And I hope they don't. I'm here to defend my president. I've defended him like nobody else. I'm here to ensure his re-election, come hell or high water, no matter the issue at this point. He stands between us and the enemy. I will never sit here and sabotage my president, ever. I thank God he is where he is. But the people, some, who are advising him, and the countries that are leaning on him, and the organizations that are leaning on and some of the wealthy individuals in our country who contribute to his campaign, who are trying to prevent the president from doing this. Some of the entrenched bureaucrats who are trying to prevent the president from doing this. They're the problem. And so I just want the president to know, go forward, sir, please. You'll have the backing of millions of people in my audience. You have the backing of millions of evangelical Christians. You have the backing of millions of, of other people of goodwill. And the people who hate you in the Arab world, including the Palestinians, the people who hate you in the Democrat Party, the people who hate you among the liberal Jews and the liberal Christians, the people who hate you at the UN are going to hate you no matter what you do. So I have a new phrase. Let's just do it. Let's get it over with. It'll be fine, I promise. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. By the way, last week, 191 of 233 House Democrats signed a letter warning of the dangers of annexation. In other words, threatening Israel. The vast majority of the Democrats in the House. 116 House Republicans sent a letter to Netanyahu endorsing his proposal. The vast majority of Republicans support Israel. This is a, a gravely important election. But there's no downside for the president to institute his own peace plan. There's no downside. The people who are going to vote against him and hate him are going to do it no matter what. But this will also help energize the uh, evangelical base and the millions of conservatives who listen to this program. 
from just a purely p- political perspective, it doesn't make sense not to act and act quickly. All right, I won't be here tomorrow. But I'll be here in spirit. Uh, not really. I, I'll be with the family, but you know what I mean. You're my larger family. July 4th is Saturday. It's Independence Day. Remember the great men who gave us our liberty. The great men who gave us our constitution. The great men who gave us our system. A system that can perfect itself. The great men who gave us the greatest country on the face of the earth. Never forget them, and I know you won't. Have a marvelous and wonderful Independence Day. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. All you patriots out there, God bless each and every one of you. I will see you on Monday. Take care of yourselves. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.